What up, family? Welcome to Passing Period and All of the Above Podcast Extra. We like to drop these in between our full episodes. Those of y'all that have been rocking with us for a minute know that our full episodes are video shows that are chock full of super dope headlines and dope guests and all that good stuff. And we chop those up, put them on the YouTubes and also video platform Spotify, which I don't know if any of y'all use Spotify, but um, it turns out if you play our show on Spotify, it'll show you the video version of the show if you care to look in on the dope graphics and editing and all that good stuff. So in between those full episodes, we drop these passing periods. My name is Manuel Russin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher, and it is mid-April and... I hope everyone out there is having a fantastic April, whether or not you've already enjoyed your spring break, whether or not you are looking at the end of the school year and hoping for it to hurry up and get here. Um, We just hope everyone in the AOTA family is doing great out there. Jeff, what's good, man? What's good? Yeah, man. Uh, What's up, man? Well, good to to be here in the space with you talking about uh, fascinating issues in our profession of education and uh, I'm doing all right you know hanging in it is uh, we're coming off now spring break uh, in Los Angeles so uh, you know it was a nice well-needed bit of respite for everybody I think and uh, now we're about to jump into that final stretch of the year man the sprint to the finish line so here we are yeah indeed indeed and folks you may have noticed if you are a routine listener or viewer of all the above that our most recent full episode featuring law professor Yvette Butler came out a a couple days late. Well, I mean, I don't know what, what does late even mean when this is a, um, you know, two person operation and we do what we can, but in any case, yeah, that, that, uh, full episode dropped, I believe it dropped this past Tuesday. Maybe it was Wednesday. I don't know. Any case, um, Tuesday. Okay. Uh, and that's because I was, on my spring break in Belize. And believe it or not, I did not take my editing equipment and all that stuff with me to Belize to get that episode out uh, in time. But if you missed that episode, you definitely wanna go back and uh, check that out because there's been a lot of discussion around critical race theory and the uh, CRT panic and all that stuff. And we found, well, Jeff found a law professor in Mississippi who is the only professor in the state of Mississippi who teaches a course at a law school that is specifically about and on critical race theory. And that was a fantastic discussion to hear from an actual um, law professor, what her thoughts are about not just these anti-CRT bills, but also um, just the the broader discussion around critical race theory and its implications in K-12. Fascinating discussion. We do want to shout out, you know, Jeff, we, most of our AOTA family, most of them listen to the show and the YouTube, you know, we put the video on YouTube, but we don't really engage with YouTube um, like that. We're not YouTubers. Uh, so when I got the notification that a new comment popped up under the critical race theory episode, you know, I just assumed, you know, I, I assumed <laughs> it would be classic YouTube, you know, you racist, Marxist, this, that, whatever, whatever. Um, turns out YouTube does uh, the YouTube algorithm these days, from what I can see, does a pretty good job of filtering out hateful messages now because a lot of this stuff, I'll get a notification of some really horrible racist uh, message and then I'll go to the channel and that message won't be there. So they're, I guess, doing a, I, I, I shouldn't say they're doing a good job, but they, for our videos, a lot of the worst stuff, uh, those comments aren't actually showing up, which is nice. 
This comment, however, um, I expected the worst. And then when I read it, uh, this came from someone named Wade Mitchell. I don't know if they are a routine of your listener of all of the above, or they just randomly came across this on YouTube. But in any case, um, the message was pretty dope. He said, um, or they posted, did you know that World War II black veterans and descendants are still not allowed GI Bill benefits? There's a bill in the house to change this. Authentic CRT seeks to uncover and remedy these inequities caused by systemic racism. I'm like, well, that's a thoughtful comment there. So shout out to Wade, if you are listening, uh, we do appreciate you for that. And um, folks, yeah, again, go back to that full episode if you missed it. Uh, very much uh, appreciated the conversation with Yvette Butler. And also, um, shout out those of you who've been tweeting about it too. We've seen a few different folks um, tweet about their um, thoughts about that conversation. Um, New Love comes to mind. Shout out to New Love out there in Colorado. So yeah, Jeff, what do we got today for passing period? I mean, I feel like we solved racism with the last the last episode. I think we cleared up everything there is to be discussed around critical race theory and what have you. So I'm pretty sure we're past race and racism. So what are we talking about? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, could you repeat that question? Because I was reading uh, the 1776 project and just, just reveling in the glory of America's um, past as a fundamentally not racist place. So I, I wasn't really Super paying not racist. to what you said. Super yes. not racist. <laughs> there, Super is not. No, there is no systemic racism in America, period. End of sentence. Uh, I think was was what I was just ruminating on. So um, I couldn't hear some of the cultural Marxist, uh, you know, uh, venom that you and others were spewing. What's this person's name? Wade. That that Wade was spewing. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I. You know, shout out to Wade. I I appreciate that. And Wade, you'll you'll be uh, happy to know that not only are you just wrong, uh, that, that of course there is no systemic racism in America, but also there are entire states in this country that are just doing um, things that would be hilarious if they weren't so deeply problematic and oppressive um, to enshrine that perspective uh, into law and into public proclamations and to, with no irony whatsoever, Manuel, by their very actions, further... <laughs> exemplify not only the importance of having uh, critical theories like critical race theory in place so that we can understand and unpack what's happening, but literally just give us like obvious talking points <laughs> to, to share uh, in this discussion here. So um, we got a, you know, a couple of uh, notorious states uh, in the United States of America we're going to talk about today and, uh, you know, just blow up some spots. And I'm, I feel very comfortable and, and perfectly fine doing that. Um, one, we're going to return to our discussion of the state of Mississippi, um, who uh, came out its mouth talking all kinds of recklessness uh, <laughs> over the past week. And uh, and then, of course, the state of Florida, because why not? Because Florida's always doing something really dumb nowadays. Uh, and I know that's not all the people in Florida, so shout out to my Floridian family and friends. But uh, your government is a hot, hot freaking mess in Florida, okay? So, uh, but let's start hot and with human this. mess. It's Florida. Yeah, hot, hot and human mess. Sticky, swampy, plantation y mess in Mississippi and Florida. <laughs> plantation y. Okay? Plantation-y, right. okay? I could like, I could hear, as we talk about this, I could hear the Negro spirituals humming in the background, and I could, I could, I could feel the, the cotton 
Okay, uh, just dripping. Uh, I don't think cotton drips, but you know what I'm trying to say, man. Like <laughs> these folks are out of control. Okay, so let's start with Mississippi. Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi, um, uh, who um, this month proclaimed uh, that um, April is, and I want everybody who's out there, maybe have a seat, maybe take a deep breath before I say this to you, but uh, they have yet again, as they have done for the last 29 years, declared April to be Confederate Heritage Month. Okay? So, yep, just let's just breathe that in for a moment. Let's process that. Let's imagine Germany having a Nazi Heritage Month, you know? Uh, let's just, let's just, Let's just soak that in for a moment, okay? Um, so the state of Mississippi, April, National Confederate Heritage Month. April would also be, or this may have actually technically been March. I'd have to go back and look at the uh, the actual dates on this, Manuel. But let's say it was March. Within a few weeks, having just uh, passed into law um, a bill that uh, that bans the teaching, ostensibly bans the teaching of critical race theory, Okay, um, and and um, that uh, you know does so under the pretext that no educator or institution in the state of Mississippi can um, can engage in conduct or teach curriculum that teaches that America is systemically racist, that or essentially racist, or that um, any race, any single race, is inferior or superior to another. Okay, so out of one side of its mouth says that out of the other side of its mouth says happy Confederate Heritage Month. Okay, and then, of course, because they know how ridiculous they are, man, well, they just don't care. Uh, (laughs) But they they said, you know what, let's soften the blow by also proclaiming um, April to be uh, national or not national. This this would be a uh, state uh, proclamation that. it would be uh, Genocide Awareness and Prevention Month, okay? Um, Now, of course, the proclamation for Genocide Awareness Month uh, does not make any mention of American slavery or the destruction of Native American cultures, which um, I gotta say, Manuel, I think would be the two only examples of ways in which the state of Mississippi has actively worked to commit genocide. Now, I, I'm not an expert in Mississippi state history. Maybe they also tried to enslave and murder and steal the land of other people. So, you know, I shouldn't preclude that because that could very well be possible. But, wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be shocked. But I, I, I think, to my knowledge, the two very ways in which that state has committed actual genocide over centuries of time, uh, not brought up at all. They did, you know, talk about Darfur and Armenia and, uh, you know, the Holocaust and other things, right? Um, which, you know, I suppose uh, uh, Mississippi, as part of the United States of America, has played some role in, right? But, like, Anyways, that's Mississippi talking reckless this week, uh, Manuel. Um, and, you know, and then we have Mississippi's uh, close cousin of Florida, uh, which, uh, which had some fascinating news this week, which is the State uh, Department of Education rejecting uh, a huge number of uh, publishers' attempts to, quote-unquote, indoctrinate students with new math curriculum. 
Okay, and lovely uh, Florida governor and racist, low-functioning white man-in-chief, Ron DeSantis, um, uh, came out talking all kinds of craziness about how it is, you know, shocking that these publishers are engaging in, uh, you know, racial essentialism and, um, you know, it, it's and said that it seems that some publishers attempted to slap a coat of paint on an old house built on the foundation of Common Core and indoctrinating concepts like race essentialism, especially bizarrely for elementary school students, end quote. OK, um, so they rejected a whopping 41 uh, percent of the submitted textbooks to the state adoption list um, with a. Uh, 71% rejection rate of materials for elementary school, um, specifically because they brought up um, things like critical race theory, which I'm 100% certain they didn't actually do, and, 100%. and, and uh, social-emotional learning, also threatening the lives of elementary school students, of, of course. Um, so, you know, Manuel, this is what's going on in the world, the, the outright war against truth, against, uh, you know, justice, equity, democracy, fairness, um, is alive and well um, in the state of Mississippi, in the state of Florida, and many, dare I say, even most states in the United States right now. Um, but we're here to blow up some spots and talk about some people, Manuel, so um, let's do it. What do you have to say about uh, our good friends, the governor Governor Reeves in Mississippi and Governor DeSantis in Florida and their disciples. Yeah, well, for Governor Reeves, it's, I guess, uh, unfortunate that as much as he wants to celebrate Confederate Heritage Month, um, educators in Mississippi are, are, of course, legally forbidden from celebrating Confederate Heritage Month because of the legislation that he signed. Uh, his anti-CRT legislation says that we can't teach anything. Well, not we, I'm not in Mississippi, but Mississippi educators and Mississippi schools can't teach anything uh, related to any notion of one race being superior or inferior to another. And of course, the Confederacy was built on the notion that white Americans were superior. And, you know, Mississippi's own documents for secession uh, prove that. So unfortunately, uh, Mississippi and educators and schools in Mississippi can no longer reference the Confederacy. Um, so I don't know if he's aware of that, but that's, I mean, you know, just biting by the law. We are law and order folks here and, um, you know, got to follow the law. Can't talk about that. And over there in Florida, man, honestly, Jeff, one thought that I have is that in this march to or march towards like dismantling the institution of public education and going to war against anything that deals with um, race, that deals with gender, that deals with sexuality and all these book bans, all this stuff, all the, the just all that is happening. I, I wonder if folks on the right in Florida have made a mistake in starting to turn their their attention towards big companies and big corporations. Like, you know, they've been waging war against Disney for the last couple of weeks, accusing Disney of of harboring groomers and pedophiles and this and that. And, um, you know, Disney, one of the largest corporations that we have, and certainly one of the largest in Florida. And now all these publishers that submitted texts for math curriculum that are, are being denied, like so many publishers here are seeing their money be affected by these bills. It tends to be in our capitalist society uh, across American history that like when you start affecting people's money, 
yeah, man, some folks who maybe didn't care before are gonna start to care. And with all the money behind Disney, all the money behind these uh, textbook publishers and all that, I wonder if some of these politicians that are trying to cash in on votes, uh, trying to stir up their base so that they can win elections, I wonder if some of them are gonna start seeing their campaign dollars be affected by these uh, major corporations deciding not to contribute to them and to instead contribute to politicians who would not wage these kind of wars and not interfere with Disney's pockets or these publishers' pockets. So I do wonder about that. In any case, on the face of it, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, they are just combining all sorts, just the anything race-related, anything Common Core-related, anything social-emotional learning-related. Basically, what I'm reading here is, and you know, I'm somebody who never took a class um, in Florida and Actually, I've never, have I been to Florida? I've been to Florida for a conference, but besides that, I don't know much about school in Florida. I haven't been a student or a teacher in Florida, but it basically sounds like the only textbooks that are allowed will be the sort of math textbooks you would have seen in like the 50s and 60s. Basically textbooks that don't touch on anything related to culture, related to social emotional learning, related to latest research in mathematics. So if you have a 1960s era math textbook. It sounds like that's that's pretty much all that would be permitted in Florida nowadays. And I'm I'm sure those math materials of the past were so great, Jeff. I'm sure math scores in Florida have been through the roof um, ever since then. So yeah, maybe this will see a big boost in their math achievement. But yeah, it's quite. It's I mean. I'm, I'm running out of words to describe what's happening, but it is ridiculous. And that Confederate Heritage Month coinciding with um, Genocide Awareness Month is, you know, pure irony, just the irony of celebrating the Confederacy and trying to bring any kind of serious attention towards uh, genocide and tragedy of genocide is just like, how can you do both at the same time? Spoiler yeah. alert, you cannot do both at the same time. It's, um, it's oxymoronic. Is that a word? Yeah. Oxymoron. I know that's a great word. That's a great yeah, word for go. it. Yep. That's a, that's one vocabulary word. I would throw out, uh, you know, some others here. It it is uh, dangerous. Um, it is oppressive. Uh, it is it is uh, Orwellian. Okay, uh, <laughs> like what these folks are doing, right? This is like this is yeah. like some kind of scene right out of 1984, man. Where you left one state out, though, Jeff. Oh, what did I leave this out? You left out Nebraska. I don't know if you saw that Nebraska recently approved um, new legislation, a new bill requiring schools to teach about the Holocaust. But in order for that bill to actually pass, they had to take out the part that would also require schools to teach about uh, slavery and white supremacist violence. So the bill had amendments to it to include more teaching about slavery and um, violence of white supremacy through the Ku Klux Klan and, and other and everything else. And they removed that. Otherwise, the bill was not going to pass. So you could teach the Holocaust, but you cannot teach slavery. And that is, you know, for the group that says that CRT is, so, you know, so-called CRT is divisive and divides groups and all that. Here's something incredibly, here we have Mississippi and Nebraska basically saying, oh, Holocaust awareness and, you know, talking about genocide is fine, but not slavery. So like they're, for one, trying to counter, you know, all the notions that, that they had about like, oh, we just want curriculum to be unbiased. We just want uh, there to be both sides. And folks are like, well, are you going to both sides the Holocaust? Now they're realizing, ah, that's a bad look. So let's make sure to specifically include genocide in other parts of the world. And then we're good on the, you know, on the Holocaust front, but yeah, we're still keeping slavery out of it. So yeah, it's um, very divisive, very divisive and pure indoctrination. But anyways, yeah. go ahead, Jeff, Orwellian as well. 
Yeah, no, I, I appreciate what you're saying there, Manuel. I was not aware of that uh, taking place in, in Nebraska. So this, this also is great in the sense that it shows the extent to which these laws are deeply widespread across the country. Like lots and lots of states that you probably are never thinking of, you know, having these sorts of bills in the state legislature or pushing for these things. Like the South is an easy target because of their history, of course, right? Right. But the South is, uh, you know, the great uh, Bob Moses... Uh, you know, founder of the Algebra Project, uh, you know, fantastic uh, educator, civil rights hero, right? Um, I think in, in an episode of Eyes on the Prize, I hope I'm quoting him correctly here, but he was like, you know, people talk about Mississippi like it's some other country, right? It's like this special, you know, there's like America, but then there's Mississippi. And he's like, no, 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 Mississippi is super America. Like it is, it is the core essence of the problems we have in America, just like under a, a magnifying glass. But there's a, there's a deep core of Mississippi that exists everywhere in this country. There's no, uh, no state in this country that doesn't have a deep history of lynchings and slavery and other, you know, other kinds of things, right? Um, and whether that history is more targeted indigenous folks, whether that history is more targeted at, um, you know, Mexican-American folks, whether that history is more targeted at the Chinese or Japanese-Americans, like, you know, the, the particulars, the wall, the decorations might be different, but it's the same house, you know? It's just a different room <laughs> in the same house, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I think what's, uh, to get back to those vocabulary words we were talking about, Manuel, the, the Orwellian nature of this, right, the, the very clear, like, duplicitousness with which these folks are engaging in the conversations, I think is very illustrative for us and should inform uh, our strategy and our, like, how we are spending our time and energy, right? Because there, there is, and I think we're attempting to do our best on this show to, like, bring awareness to some of these issues, especially since we and many of our listeners and viewers are people that operate in, you know, what in, in some ways what people would call the quote-unquote like liberal bubble sorts of places, right? Larger urban districts in this country that are all, they're mostly administered by, you know, sort of liberal or democratic politicians, quote-unquote blue states, you know, places where we're unlikely in the very near term to get this level of insane official proclamations coming from the governor's mansion. Um, but first of all, we're not that far away <laughs> from these things in terms of the makeup of our state legislatures, and the um, the we ignore this growing uh, movement to our own peril. And the Florida case is extremely important on this, right? Because in as much as what you just said, I think there there is some reality about like corporate pressure could be mounted on some of these politicians, since they are mostly deeply corrupt, um, to, to sway them in a more positive direction, right? Because Disney doesn't want to be labeled as a racist company or supporting racist policies. So that, that could be weaponized against them in some way. The other side of that coin, though, is the state of Florida is one of the largest and most populous states in the union with a massive public school system that has outsized influence like Texas does um, and to some extent like California and New York do, um, you know, has huge influence on the textbooks that everyone else gets, right? And publishers 
are deeply concerned with profits. They don't want to make 17 versions of their textbooks to meet all, you know, or 50 versions of their textbooks to meet all the demands of every state across the country. So what they typically do is have one or maybe a small number of versions of the textbooks that that sort of uh, narrows the curriculum so as not to piss off Florida. And then if that if it's good enough for Florida, it's probably going to be good enough for like 15, 20, 30 other states. Right. And then they might have a slightly different version that has like California history, you know, or something else added. Right. Right. Um, and those sorts of things. So in as much as the corporate pressure could work in the favor of justice, let, I am, I'm not holding my breath for that personally. And I think there is at least as much, if not more, momentum in the other direction, which is the corporate pressure is going to wind up taking Florida's deeply hateful racist curriculum and giving it to everybody because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get through the gates in other states because it doesn't have... Um, you know, because we don't have affirmative laws that say you have to have all these other things in many cases, although there is work being done in California, at least right now, to try and change that around like what we are going to affirmatively say needs to be present in curriculum in order to consider it sufficient, right, around culturally responsive um, and culturally and historically responsive content and, and pedagogy that it supports. So we could see some movement on that front, but like I'm worried that we're going to get the Texasification, the Floridification of hateful racist curriculum that talks about slavery as a labor program and, and you know, an immigration program and says two sentences about Native Americans and that's it. And, you know, talks about the, the grit and determination of the great white men who have who have. Uh, you know, made up Western civilization, which is obviously the greatest type of human existence that's ever been, and let's write reports about missions and how good white people are. Um, and so, you know, th I think this is a very, we ignore the creep of this stuff at our own peril. Um, and I, I think we got a lot to do to, to, uh, to, insulate ourselves against this and to go on the offensive against this instead of waiting for them to come to us with their hateful nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. A lot of this, I think, is tied to the upcoming midterm elections. This is all theater. I mean, with real implications, real implications, but it's all theater, uh, certainly for Governor DeSantis to try to get his presidential bid going and for others to to fulfill their political aspirations. And that's why I'm hopeful that like big corporations like Disney, I mean, I'm seeing like day after day now when I'm, um, you know, just pouring through the news and this and then I'm seeing more and more protests showing up at Disney parks, Disney World and uh, locally here in Los Angeles, Disneyland, uh, folks outside with signs about like, you know, grooming and and Disney pedophiles, this and that, whatever like that. You know, it's such a major corporation. They are not going to sit idly by and watch uh, politicians jump on on this train by any means. But in any case, I'm, I also know better than to put my hope um, towards any uh, corporate entity in terms of bringing us towards a more humanizing future. So we shall see, folks. We shall see. And that's only just like this week's headlines in this uh, right wing nonsense. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> the last couple of days. Like, and this doesn't even, there's yeah, so man. many that we didn't even touch on. So yeah, man, hang in there, folks, hang in there. Um, our kids, our kids deserve the humanizing education that we hear at all of the above um, promote and, and, and speak for. So just keep hanging in there. These voices are loud, but they are not 
they're not as uh, numerous as we're led to believe. But um, obviously, the implications of these real life bills and these real life uh, political actions are are very scary and very dangerous. So yeah, shout out to all of our uh, AOTA, AOTA fam who might be in Mississippi or Florida or Nebraska and in all these other states that are similarly trying to um, win first place in the uh, Clown Show Awards. So yeah, shout out to all of y'all, man. Hang in there, man. That's, that's all I can say. Indeed. Yeah. Anything else, Jeff, before we let the folks get back to their um, hopefully dope spring breaks or spring uh, dope transitions to the last phase of the school year anything else for this uh passing period you know i would say manuel we you know this is this is not uh rocket science or new information but like in this struggle for justice we are going to need each other okay there is risk involved on you know big and small ways and i i think one of the great uh, benefits of doing this show is connecting with people all over the country. You know, we have people who connect with us, um, certainly from all over California, but people in the Midwest, people in the South, people in the Northeast, um, you know, to to have some community, right? Um, and so I think that type of solidarity uh, is going to be really important because we know that these folks who are who are coming with malicious intent and who have always come with malicious intent they're going to be cooking up their evil stew in the background here, okay? And, uh, and so we know what they're about, but we can't be out here caught feeling like we're alone or feeling like, you know, there's not people who have our backs and these sorts of things. So let's, let's keep connecting people, whether it's, you know, through Twitter or in person at conferences as these sorts of things start to, you know, come back more and more, hopefully now. Um, but community is going to be really important, man, because we're going to need solidarity on this front because there's not profit inequality and justice uh <laughs> you know so we're, we're gonna need each other and so let's let's stay connected um if you you know know other folks who are in this work or in this conversation connect them with all the above you know share the show with them um hopefully we can uh we can help inspire and lean on one another um as we go here so please please uh help spread the word pass it along to friends family colleagues neighbors other folks who might be um, you know, like-minded or even open to having this kind of conversation, working together on these issues. So um, let's do it together, folks. And uh, good luck in this closing stretch of the school year, the long, arduous sprint to the finish. Um, good luck, everybody. Yeah. Word. All right, folks. Remember that we love y'all. We look forward to seeing you again next week. But right now it's time for you to go ahead and Get to class.